0: Welcome back to the Hi-Fi Podcast with Darren and Duncan. I'm Duncan. I'm Darren. And today we've got a great episode. We're going to talk about where to start as a beginning audiophile. Um, this came out of a great question that we got. We started answering it and really we realized that this probably applies to a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, this idea of you're swamped with tons of information and, and where do you even start? So we're going to get into that. Um, but first as always, uh, let's check in with each other. What's been going on with you audio wise this week, Darren? Well, I'll tell you, um, I, uh, I went
1: over to your house and, uh, we were talking, you know, walking into the door and just kind of chit chatting a little bit about audio like we always do. And, um, I saw some P3s on the desk with a tube amplifier Mm -hmm. and I was just like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's listening time. And I like sat down and turned the uh, turned it on and played a track that I was familiar with. And uh, you know, this is like this near field uh, Harbeth P three uh, ESR XD, right?
0: That's right. The,
1: that's the model. And for
0: context, you've talked a lot about the P threes because yes, you, your dad has some. You grew up listening yeah, yeah, to yeah. them. You have a pair of thirtieth
1: anniversary? No, no. Uh, they the these are the um they were the P three ESR special editions. Yours. Okay. Um yeah. The uh and yeah. then I own some fortieth anniversary thirty point twos
0: before okay, as right. well. But for your P3s, but, they they've put out different editions, anniversaries I, and I, yeah, I can't remember I don't, can't
1: it. remember what exact there it says special edition on it. It's just the P three ESR Um, The one that was out prior to uh, them coming out with the XD, which was um, supposedly like a completely brand new crossover.
0: This is the current iteration. Um, It's the only speaker in the Harvest line that got a crossover redesign, Mm. but it was, he from Alan Shaw's own mouth, he says it was from the ground up. So big, big time redesign.
1: So it's a speaker I know uh, intimately Um, really, really, really well. And, uh, I was absolutely blown away yeah. uh, with this
0: pairing and what is the was the amplifier that you we were listening to so this is another thing i 'm listening to for uh, my job at the music room uh tmr uh I am reviewing and uh, evaluating this brand lab twelve from Greece, and so um ordered a couple of demo units to see if um Their products really do some great things, which is uh, what we were hearing and what I was reading with reviews, and uh, decided upon their DAC-1 reference tube, and R2R DAC, and their Integra 4 integrated amplifier, which features four, well, it, it works with all octal tubes, but it ships with KT-150s, which is really cool. That's a quad of Mm KT-150s. It's going push pill into uh, 60 watts class A Mm. is what this thing kicks out. So it's an integrated amp. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It sounds sounds incredible. Well, I I was geeking out about it and I was trying to get you over and it just didn't work out a couple times. And I was like, oh, little does he know, like, just wait. And you're like, you're like, all right, I got some time. And I'm like, and the girls are gone and the house mm -hmm. is quiet. Because that's what it is with me is like. I've got a six-month-old and a six-year-old, and so it's tough to find those moments where we can um, have quiet and jam out as loud as we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so, uh, you know, the um, I was trying to process the system because I'm so used to the P3s. Right. And then, uh, of course, not used to this, uh, this tube-integrated amplifier. But um, I used to have this old system... Uh, back when we had the original office at PS Audio, yeah. Uh, back I'm when a, I
0: used um, to work with you, and yeah, When but, you
1: first started. For those that aren't um, familiar, I, I'm an engineer for PS Audio, and so I used to have this office in the uh, older building and smaller building that we used to own across the street from where we are now. And uh, and I had a P3 ESR setup with a sprout and a rel subwoofer in there
0: and isocoustic stands, which is yes, very cool to my, that, that was very too. critical. Yeah. yeah.
1: And your speaker cables, um, right? ribbon speaker cables. And so, uh, that system, uh, you know, was absolutely amazing. You know, I have to pull people in. Oh yeah. Uh, reviewers even that yep. would be, you know, touring the musicians. building and oh, musicians yes.
0: to their performance the night before. That we yeah. Recorded. And,
1: and people, you know, it was, that system was cooking. It's the best I ever uh, had the, the P3s sounding. I can still remember um, it.
0: Yeah. And this goes into my audio memory we were talking about last week. I don't know. I just remember how it made me feel and, and still kind of searching for
1: that type of thing. It was, it was a really special system. Well, no, you have it now. Yeah. I mean, I, and then some, you know, and yeah, the uh, and so this system reminded me of that system, but yeah. even better. Yeah, And what, you know, I'm sure the tube integrated, um, you know, compared to Sprout, I mean, completely different price ranges, different yeah, you technologies. You had yours built
0: with a Sprout
1: but 100, your new Sprout device. Sprout 100, yeah. yeah. Um, But the, you know, uh, the, the speaker was doing some stuff, like the XDs were doing things that I know my P3 ESRs can't do.
0: Yeah, that's why it was so invaluable to hear your feedback on this.
1: Yeah. And so, something about the my one little gripe with the uh, P3 ESR is that something in like mid bassy, you know, it's a little bit uh, they're a little wooly. Um, they're a little bit like kind of you know low resolution sounding compared to a more expensive speaker. Um, you can kind of hear the excursion on the woofer, and you know it's just high. You can. T- tell that distortion just kind of like really rises around Uh, you know uh, darren's
0: picking such nits 100 100 to 150 hertz incredible speaker it's incredible but you know if you want to double the price that's what i'm saying very critical yeah
1: yes but the xd's have that resolved yeah like the the um resolution there so right in that area is where you're going to hear the skin on toms mid bass. It's, it's where yeah. you're going to hear yeah like the, yeah. the meat on toms and how drums are going to either be um a little flabby or they're going to be really intact and you're going to hear a skin move on a drum for instance right. and the ability for the p3 esr xd to uh c- convey that resolution at the in that kind of um you know, uh, it's, it's bass free. They're, they're base frequencies, upper, it, upper base,
0: 100, 100 to um, 300, something like that.
1: Yeah. Bass is kind of in that. And then in, in the audiophile world, you know, 60 and below is kind of what we call sub bass. So mm-hmm. 60 to 300 to ish is going to be, um, or two, 200, 250 is going to be bass. Um, and so the. Uh, yeah, the the resolution in this area with the XDs, um, very much so refined over the uh, the P3ESR. And yeah. I, I just know that I I heard I've heard so many amplifiers on the P3ESR, including a lot of tube amplifiers. I've owned Luxman gear that I paired with those speakers before. Um, so so you I just put them
0: on your Conrad you know, stuff. Yeah, I've had all kinds of stuff hooked up to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Ampli- Darren's an amplifier designer. He's a senior analog design engineer for PS Audio um,
1: for any new listeners. And and so, you know, I just, uh, I really love, I was, I'm not surprised that I love the improvements that, you know, Alan brought to the table here. But yeah. the XD, I can tell you from a very experienced owner and listener of the P3ESR, the XD is. If you're a huge fan of the P3SR and you currently own it, <laughs> and you're you you've been kind of like thinking about the XD, yeah, it's a it's a pretty big upgrade.
0: Well, I was mentioning this to you. I think at the time when we were listening, like that's the hardest thing is that nobody's really been able to like pinpoint this really clear difference between these two things. Mm-hmm. I've seen some reviews, but your visceral reactions were so much more telling to me mm. than anything that i could read
1: so yeah i was, was sucked into the music it's a it's a wall you When you listen quote. to the p3 S R from you know a near field distance of uh three to five feet um it they are a wall of sound they don't exist
0: yeah they don't exist they, they don't disappear exist. They absolutely it's an immersive experience yeah um, I recently wrote and published, and I'll get into this, actually I'll get into my next thing I published on my section, but, um, a, a recent blog about the P3s and how they can out headphone some of the best headphones. Mm. Um, it's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Cause people who are into headphones are really into that intimacy and that immersive experience. You get a good pair of headphones with a good setup and it makes you feel small. And mm. so this, um, article i wrote was small speakers that make you feel small and the special thing that the p3s do on thursday we're gonna shoot a video about the p3s and oh nice um sprout and and uh oh, rel awesome. sub the classic the good setup. that's that's the setup you know and yeah long, well, long
1: time listeners know that we've talked about that 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 very system yes, for a long time a long time
0: many yeah. times we've mentioned this as the turnkey badass system it, it um, really is I. I don't want to take up too much oh, I'm taking up your your time but basically we're going to shoot this video showing that system. So mm. and and the reason is that at the music room we are um partners with uh, uh we're dealers for Harbeth um but we are one of the one of the very few places where you'll ever find B stock of Harbeth. What's crazy about Harbeth's B stock is that it's A stock anywhere else and you're we are always searching for the, like the blemish or whatever. So anyway, we are um, we're on route to, you know, shipping is really slow, but we're going to get a whole bunch of um, of Harbeths in. So we're very excited um, and we're already um, producing content. That's kind of part of my job and what I've been talking about the last few weeks mm. um, about my transition to doing more uh, reviewing and writing and that kind of thing. But anyway, currently I've got a couple of great items. I've got in the main system that DAC and then this integrated MP3 setup. So Darren came over and you gave me a great quote by the way you said it's not that it's hard to love it's it's not that it's hard not to love the p3 it's impossible mm. you said that was, mm. maybe you had better timing i'm going to work on my delivery of that but it was just so good um that's from the a, truth. from a p3 lover yeah so. you know right. a- a-
1: another thing i just want to add uh, before moving on is that um i bought uh, Harbeth uh, 30.2 40th anniversary editions. Right. And I've owned those before. Beautiful speakers. Right. Um, of cool. course, can play louder. Of course, they're better at, you know, uh, midfield distances of six to eight feet. They're in the picture on our main website. Uh, you are talking on the couch. Yeah. Yep. And th- they're a beautiful speaker. Um one thing that they 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 missed the coherency and the absolute disappear effect of the P three, just in my opinion. Hey, the P three's a borderline micro monitor. Micro.
0: It's a tiny, tiny baffle. It's
1: it like is. A, it's it's tiny. It's yeah. it's gonna disappear. It's gonna image like nuts. Yeah. And the the thing about that added resolution is that it's kinda everything I wanted the thirty point two to be. I'm glad I'm not, you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said
0: that. You said that. Yeah, I, and that's such a good
1: you know way to put it. Yeah, and, and then with that, I'll just add um that this is near field, um, and the P3s. I'm not a huge fan of them. Like eight feet ish away, like they're they're great. They're great speakers still. Like if that's all you have room for, but they really shine when you get up close to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bigger Harbests are going to just excel at you know. Anywhere from 7 to 10 feet away, you know, the HL5, the 30.2s, they're just going to completely clobber the P3 when it comes to actually delivering SPL into the room.
0: There's no doubt about it. The P3s are COVID unfriendly. You want to close (laughs) the social distance, and you want to breathe all over them. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um,
1: (laughs) That's my short review. I, I like, one... uh, one time, I remember I was like surfing the Harbeth forums, and someone just uh, had just recently gotten some P3s, and they posted this uh, this post and was like, they were like, "Why do the P3s image so well? Like, why? I, I like hear human voices on the P3, and I just cannot believe I've never heard anything like it." And Alan chimes in. And he goes, well, the P three is about roughly the size of a human head, and that mm-hmm. that was his post.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right. Gets that clarity of of uh, especially voice. I just
1: thought that was such an interesting response. Yeah, know, for an engineer like, that could. For say an engineer anything. that is, you know, he's could take a lot of. Time. Not everybody knows, but he's somewhat very objective. You know, um, well, and
0: a, a a a view of that. And answer to that question, not from the man who made it, who's, who's a little deep into it, right. Would say that everything matters. It's a combination of, uh, co- cone and speaker driver design, exceptional crossover design, uh, cabinet dimensions. And, 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 and then, and then the fact that all of these things, individual things have been refined over many years in lots of revisions and updates and, slow pace of engineering. So the answer is like, you know, he could have said that, but he said he, size of human head. Cause I think he wanted to convey something that he thought was like a little secret to the magic, like that he believes that, uh, uh to that size of that mini monitor that mm-hmm. why is it so special? Size of human head that actually is something interesting. I always thought that was such an interesting response. It's yeah, the most it
1: interesting response I've ever heard from a designer, from that, the person that actually designed a component.
0: To be fair, it's the size you know, it's, of like a child's head, but uh, not a, not an adult or a big med, midwestern guy's uh, <laughs> noggin, noggin or something. It's, eats a yeah, lot it's of brats. you know it's it's revel it's it's
1: closer to the size of the human head than my Wilson's. You know? Well, fair. The Wilson's would be that would be
0: a pretty big this, head. A really good point. Yeah. <laughs> But um, LS fifties are pretty close to human head.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, again, LS, you know, I mean, this is all from stems from the same point lineage. BBC lineage. This is all the BBC lineage. Got me there. And the LS LS fifty LS is the play on you know LS three slash five A. Do Do we remember what that stands for?
0: LS. I can't remember.
1: Listening standard. I believe. Oh, okay. Isn't it? I might be wrong. Some people might be uh, well.
0: That's exactly what it was for. So mad why not at, at the moment? Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know. know. I, I believe it's listening standard because they wanted to create the director email toward Darren. Anyways, yeah, is, yeah. Is if I, I if I just completely <laughs> brutalize that. Um, All right.
0: What else has been going on with you audio wise this week? <clears throat> Anything? Uh,
1: so Anything cool. Yeah. So, anyways, I a few weeks ago I went to go see. I talked about um going to see a band uh that's actually um a friend of mine's which is um his name is Enmanuel alexander uh and he is
0: Enmanuel with an n yes before the m before so the m Emmanuel, yeah. which would be two m's we have e n m this is why i didn't yes. find him on kobuz right yeah right yeah Enmanuel. manuel
1: yeah and yeah. n manuel alexander um is is uh his first name is uh, spelt E-N-M-A-N-U-E-L. Yeah. And then Alexander, uh, traditionally.
0: Jazz guitar player, uh, Denver, you've mentioned him, friend of yours, young. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, up and 24. coming. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to get kind of give him a shout out here for two reasons. Yeah. First reason is that I see uh, – there's three reasons. First reason is that he is – uh, he is an unbelievable talent. That's the first thing, is is that he, he is this incredible, uh, you know, guitarist. Um, and he has a way of making something musically engaging no matter what he's playing. I've heard him play Tom Mish covers, mm-hmm. um, or Mish, I should say. Um, and, uh, you know, just absolutely doing layers and loops and stuff like that and just absolutely crushing so he he is uh i, I believe that he will be uh, much larger uh in in the upcoming years here the the second reason is that he just released his first single on all streaming platforms uh spotify kobuzz and Tidal. Mm-hmm. so you can look this um this single up And the single under his uh, name and Manuel Alexander is called last minute. So if you check that out, um, I just highly recommend listening to that. Um, It isn't uh, an audiophile level recording. It's, it's not a horrible recording either, but the music content is spectacular. Um, And then the third reason that I'm recommending this is that he is an exceptional person.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: and a very genuine human being. And, uh, I think that's very noteworthy. Good listener and future yeah. felt
0: too. Yeah. Um, yeah. so he's, he's, does he play a hollow body? Uh, no, it's, it's a solid. Yeah. It sounds like he's playing a hollow body. He's got that San Francisco jazz kind of, uh, sensibility to mm. some of his licks. Mm-hmm. A lot of them actually, and that kind of movement, very, very deft and not, you know, not, not focused on any of the kind of like high frequency overtones that other people might, might work into tapping and stuff. He's very melodic and I love a melodic player. I think a melody is one of those harder things to tap into than technique across the board, no matter where you are in music. Yeah.
1: And as a, as a young player, he's, um, you know, he's not overstated. Like he, he is, um, he really, you know, doesn't, Overplay anything, and and if you listen to the track, you'll know what I mean. Like you know, he's like you said, very melodic. Well, if you study
0: melody, yeah, you are in tune with that because Mm. as soon as you repeat something for any other reason other than the ear wants it to go there, you're you're failing your job with melody. So it's like that's why I mentioned it's the hardest thing to do because you lead this internal songbird around and. you build up your songbird so that it's like really solid what's happening in your head right and then Mm -hmm. you work your technique to to like let it out and so he's one of these players that's really tapped in and you hear direct connection from his from his internal songbird to like what's coming out there's not a lot of you know it's just awesome i love guitarists like that yeah so that's uh, I'm thrilled about that, and, and he can you know write music.
1: That's the other thing is he's writing this. He's Got to release more. Is,
0: we got to record it. So
1: yeah, of course. Uh, so so anyways, I just I, wanted to give him a shout shout out because um, you know I I believe in him, and so we're gonna be at, we're gonna be adding we're gonna be adding this to the website, to the albums um, page. Yeah. yeah, to the albums page it is not uh, today's album of the week. If I ever but, get to. Uh, but we're going to be we're going to be adding that there, so um make sure to check that out and give that a listen um and uh I think we'll hear a little bit more uh of him in the future yeah, so that's
0: good. uh Dungan, what's going on with you man It's going on with me a uh, great week just had that those listening experiences um I wanted you to share the the p three and the amp because it 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 really like um was big for me to get your reaction to all that kind of stuff. Cause you're such a P3 junkie, but yeah, I've been I drinking am. it in. Um, but for me, I'm very proud to release a four part review. Well, it's just four pages. I mean, it's just the way that our blog works at the music room. It's, it's not ideal. We're, we're working on it. Um, but, uh, it's a four page review on the Aqua, acoustic quality aqua from italy uh la scala mark ii optologic DAC. Mm. i mentioned a couple weeks ago that i brought it over i was one of i think when your parents were visiting i just kind of had a deck i was like hey when i answered the door and it's just always fun to bring stuff over here and have yeah my dad's my dad's uh eyes kind of like opened up you know yeah because you know we were uh oh hi to papa joe and Mama, what's your mama's name? Uh, Jane, Jane, uh, and uh, and so <laughs> it was so so nice to meet them. And I was surprised that your mom listens to every episode. My mom definitely does not. I was, <laughs> I was I was I was a little jealous. I need to I need to ask her to listen a little bit more, maybe. But yeah, she's always telling me about so him right
1: now, and yeah, listens to him while she's working. So yeah.
0: Um. But anyway, uh, so I brought this over and was cool because what we did was. One week we listened to it non-burdened in. We were like, we're really experienced with burn-in stuff. This thing is burning in. A couple of weeks later we listened to it. Yep, there it's burned in mm-hmm. and uh, had some fun listening to it. And So anyway, I published a review about this in my system and spent some time on it and got it edited and uh, finally published it. So at tmraudio.com, if you scroll to the bottom of the front page there, you'll see it. You see the first three parts, and then you get to the last part from the from the third one. But um, pretty fun little gig there to just be evaluating brands, see if we want to be a dealer for them, see if we want to partner, see how good this product is, and that's my my job. And um, you know, as you'll read, I was very impressed. So um, very very uh, detailed review where I kind of go through things and i even bring out some new albums that people might not have heard of um but so that happened published that today published that uh p3 um, blog piece earlier in the week and then last week published a piece about mbl amplifiers the 9007 reference Mm. stereo amp so how much is like $500? No, no, probably not. Oh no. Yeah. More than that. <laughs> a little bit more than that. Oh, okay. Michael Fremer reviewed them. So they're probably not right. <laughs> yeah. So he, he compared them to the Halcro DM 68 saying it does a lot of the same things, but has more flesh on the bone and better emotional uh, engagement. Mm. So that's, freaking high praise Mm yeah for for, uh from the the man from the man who we know you know loves that lush presentation and Mm -hmm. then he's he's basically getting the world-class detail detail retrieval plus that so yeah i was well the theme of my blog was that getting we got four of these and they could be stereo amps but they're single-ended if you do that and it's it's no fun you want to run a balanced so we got four of them, and they were in some crazy system, but it got me missing RMAF. So I was like, oh, man, this makes me miss RMAF. Because I always remember the MBL room, like, always going there. Oh, yeah, See yeah. the radio strollers, and they're giant yeah. amps. I don't know what they're making. We're me- talking megas. about budget audio this episode. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. Let's, yeah. let's keep MBL. Let's
1: keep Let's keep it. E- mbl out of the, it, the
0: mbl yeah. talk
1: needs to come yeah go we'll, down. we'll save that for the alter another alterfy episode or something like
0: that so yeah we we feature three i think blog posts at 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 a time but i put out like seven or eight in the last week so lots to read from me just in my explorations and things um so yeah i'm proud of that second thing uh going on with me is i uh power cable update um, a bunch of folks have been asking about power cables, wanting to be able to buy some want to, um, there was a listener who mentioned even trying a, a prototype and, um, I had mentioned in the last couple of weeks or last actually a couple of times in the last couple of months that, uh, plans are in place starting to, uh, to build for the next stage of this and get it kind of, I don't know. Done up right, and uh, and part of that was making a website, which I've already done. Um, but that's my own little website. But part of it also is a possible partnership with somebody else. In the interim, um, since that is a little bit off in the future, I started I uh, started making some power cables this weekend, and uh, so I ended up with four of them. Um, finally, complete three of the main design, which is called the Whisper. Um, which you have, and then one, which is uh the next design, which uh, i 'm not sure what that 'll be called yet, but so that one would be a prototype so i 've got at the moment a six footer of the whisper, uh, two one meters of the whisper, and then a one meter of this prototype, which you talked about last week the mm-hmm. um, the we were listening to and was brand new. And so it had an, actually a week to burn in. Yeah. So we just did a whole listening session. So anyway, just to let everyone know if anyone's interested in that stuff, um, there'll be a trial period and all of that. So just reach out to me at hi-fi at outlook dot com. I've got four cables and anybody who is interested or who was sent an email recently uh, expressing interest, please reach out and we'll get those cables out to some listeners. But yeah, so I finished the last one today at 3.30 p.m. and then came over here at 6, and we started listening to it at probably 7. So it really had a couple hours of burn-in. Then the other one had two days of burn-in. Then your cable had lots of burn-in. Like, why don't I give it to you on your birthday? So yeah, months. it's a long this time ago. totally yep. burned-in. And then the other cable we had listened to last week was brand new, and this week has a week on it. Mm -hmm. So I know it's my section, but I love your take on what we just experienced. Yeah. Yeah. First thing I'll say is that
1: when you're, it's so interesting taking a system and for instance, laying five power cables down on the ground in front of the system and slowly introducing five power cables to your system you were so disciplined i wanted to do all five at once of course no you got to do them one (laughs) at a time because it's it's so interesting hearing how different power cables affect different components in a different way they they all add uh different subtleties to the music very true you know and the the power amp and and another thing i want to add is that in different systems with different cables, there'll be that one cable with that one component that really, really stands out. Yep. And it's not always the same component. It's not so, always obvious. Know, there's no way that you can say that, oh, the DAC power cables are more important than a power amp power cable or that the power amp power cable is more important than the preamp power cable. You can't we can't make those generalizations. Um, because they, they always are different. And I've had sometimes when like preamps are the standout, when I change the preamp and I'm like, wow, that was the most dramatic change. Um, in this situation, it was the power amp that really made the largest difference. Now it's, it's all like, they all added, um, I would say the regenerator was the next was the, was the second from that. That the regenerator is feeding the preamp, it's feeding the DAC. Um and so then going and changing the the preamp cable, um that was kind of uh, I was expect it's what I was expecting, but it wasn't as dramatic as Being subtle. Yeah. You were expecting it, was, it to
0: be subtle. Yeah, and a tone will change. Yeah,
1: a- and the way that it changed the sound is yeah. what I was expecting too. Yeah. I'm kind of like used to what preamp power cables bring to the table. There is something there, and I will say, air being one of them. Uh, you know, oddly this this kind of uh, uh, this ability to sense the space in the recording. Yeah, uh, with a preamp power cable, the 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 amplifier power cable brought in. Uh, bass resolution and authority.
0: That was the biggest change, was that sh- It was a massive one. Base took a so, huge jump yep. when we put in the the new power cable, the, another
1: whisper into the... Yep, And then we put in the power cable, your power cable to the regenerator that, again, is feeding my preamp and it's feeding my DAC. And that is a sound stager. So the sound stage just blossomed in the room. Um what was it replacing? It was replacing um it was replacing the Whisper. That was one thing. Like this is an upgraded one over the Whisper. So now
0: Darren's but, talking about the prototype. Yeah. I got three so of the Whisper this, and then one of the There's prototype. this
1: prototype and the Whisper is really great. This this new prototype's better than the Whisper. Um then the power amp um I had an analog uh i don't remember the the full uh model number but it's a shinata what is it alpha helix yeah is that right alpha analog yeah is what i have on the in the power amp and yours what's the snake was it a python i don't know there's gotta be there's
0: usually a snake and you you laugh because we're talking about power cables yeah and uh we're always joking we're always joking about it in fact I was carrying a bunch of power cables tonight, and I, I almost like stung you with the tips of them because I was like, "Watch out for this!" Yeah, big coil six. We're always snake. joking around about joking around. You know, the snake
1: and the snake oil. But Shinyata
0: actually names her cables after snakes. Yeah, so I love it. <laughs> yeah, it might
1: be a Python. Um So, so, anyways, I, you know, I mean, the the upgrade over your power cable verse the Shinyata is pretty dramatic. Over the
0: Shinyata, yeah. with my power cable, yeah, yeah. it was crazy because it's extremely dramatic we <laughs> were listening to the one that we put in the prototype. We put it on the P five and thinking on the bass is like not exactly where we want it. And then we did the, the, um, whisper on the power amp and it was just like, there it is again. And it was, everything was there. Plus all the good parts about yeah. you know, the high end of the, or the top end of that new prototype. So putting in the full loom
1: of your latest stuff, um, has been like an absolute uh, dramatic change. You don't in want to take system. it out, do you? No, I do not.
0: <laughs> I it definitely sounds don't. so good. We've been, I've been sitting outside. You were listening to Neil's from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, re, uh, it's like passing the out of room test way better than it was before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. It's just... The cracked window test know, that just, we mentioned in uh, one of our previous episodes. Yeah. One of our favorites. Just has has to do with how it exits the speaker. If if it's linear and it's coherent, then it doesn't matter how much how many reflections it goes through, it's going to be somewhat interesting, you know, it's gonna sound good. Yeah, it's a it's not fully explainable, but of course what's weird is that a power cable it. can do that and of course, you know power I cables know. don't matter. Everybody knows this.
1: Yeah, so. well, no, it logic would say that they don't. Um, and right. uh, and then reality says that they do, yeah. so uh, logic would say that they are a series element, and I disagree. Yeah, I think that there's a, there's a series. Yeah, there's a series element like the the impedance of the cable, of course, and that matters. But that's due to gauge, um, and then from there you're dealing with a lot of parallel elements as well. So you know, it's not just this series uh, component in which you you, know, you get people talking about how it's, oh, it's the first part in the chain, and therefore it matters. Um, the power cable is not the last, it's the first. Or, or that, oh, it's just the series element in which that when you add one meter, you add two meters in series, it makes that big of a difference just because the series element of, of summation. And uh, I disagree with this argument. I don't believe that uh, that the majority of what makes a difference, perhaps in a power cable for a power amp, it does like engage and being able to Mm -hmm. not have an actual um, higher impedance and uh, therefore a voltage drop when there's a massive current that's pulled. Um, But in in a standard uh, what we call like a steady state device such as a DAC or a preamp where it's just pulling a steady state DC uh, current all the time, um, that it's more so of a parallel device in these, in these kind of situations. So, so a common mode device between line and neutral to, to earth, that's the way that we need to see it. And so things start to make a lot more sense engineering wise, just for those that are curious. Um, these things are
0: explainable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons of science have gone into this. I mean, what I was messing with between the Whisper and the new prototype is simply skin effect stuff um, and magnetic field stuff, which is where it's all at. That's, That's the, you know, skin effect, strand interaction, dielectric constant. You know, we know what things matter. It's kind of like, um yeah it's just it's just proper implementation of this and thinking about what matters also um also producing a cable that that doesn't that can't be run over with a truck like like that's kind of what holds back a lot of the you know bulk Furatec cable and a lot of the other stuff that's the really easy d i y project is That stuff's made to be ultra ultra durable. It's kind of a pain in the butt to terminate, actually, because you got to wade through all this filler material and all this extra stuff. That's all in the magnetic field, and it's all in the uh, electrical. It's it's all connected, you know, next to the conductor and acting as something of a dielectric. So when you are able to space things out and make something that's got less of a priority on being able to be stepped on and more of a priority on what matters to Mm. the equation, which is these magnetic field factors, the things that, that they need, um, that the magnetic fields need to, to operate, um, properly. And then, um, and then thinking about some of the classic stuff like the skin effect. And so, yeah, the, the new prototypes got a, got a way to, uh, to really enhance the ground. And that's kind of like a lot of what it is. There's some spacing things too. So. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's, you know, in our systems, um, I always look at it as in different domains, you have various systems that sum up to a whole. And so let me, let me kind of like explain that really quickly. Let's look at the signal path in a series way in okay. a ser- which means um, one after another in okay. a serial kind of uh, convention. Um, well, you, you have a very, a quite a long signal path from your DAC to the actual speaker where it exit exits the speaker. Sure. Um, and if you were to look that look at that in a serial manner uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. You have um, the digital part, the digital domain where it's being uh, then uh, uh, transferred from digital to analog where there's a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the preamp sections where gain is being shifted around. Uh, you have noise that's being played with that noise. I was going to say and there's noise shaping there's a lot on the of DAC side too. On the DAC side there is as well. And then the preamp, depending on how you implement the preamp, there's a lot of noise shaping in serial wise. Mm. Um, uh, depending on whether you're using a passive preamp, a, a you know a digital attenuator, or you're using a an, an, a standard you know more traditional analog preamp, active preamp, um, and then and then you have the power amplifier, which then has to slew um, a lot of uh, like many volts over the the speaker in uh, when especially when you look at uh, a short amount of time, uh, yeah, you know if we were to look seconds. at that in um, yeah uh, mil- like uh, you know let's Microseconds? just like milliseconds you know let's like let's just like keep it at milliseconds even there are uh, large bursts of currents um in the in the millisecond region mm. even going to woofers um and and so you know that the amplifier has this extremely you know taxing job oh, i mean yes. you know it's like kind of i i kind of liked um some of Purify purifies marketing when they're talking about what they want to focus on. It was like, oh, we want to focus on the amplifier, and we want to work on the speaker driver because we think that those two things are um, the uh, the things or the the most that they can actually get out as as there far as like improving growth. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and I think that the the amplifier, the power amplifiers, are seen as more ideal than they really are because there are a lot of times they're measured under, well, first thing with sine waves, of course, and in traditional tests, but also very simple resistive loads mm-hmm. and not actual our really complex speaker loads. Um, and so, you know, when you combine those two things together, amplifiers just have this like incredibly taxing job. So when we look at, yeah, and then you have all the losses that we, we all know with speakers, I mean, they're the more lossy than any of that <laughs> you know by a right. good margin as far as adding THD adding all these oddities in, in frequency response, even the best speakers in the world um, and so you know serially we have this really complex line of chain chain I should say yeah. of of, um, of a signal, signal path route that that is incredibly lossy okay so right. if you change one let's say we change one aspect of that serial element in there that it's audible but it's not that audible because you have it's um, only going to say that you have six seven well yeah yeah well you have dominating factors in that you can kind of see it as like panes of glass and and you look through the panes of glass and you have like seven panes of glass and let's say that you improve one of the the panes of glass in there and and you just take out one of the seven and you you put a clear one in well it's still like if you have like red you know red colored glass translucent red glass and you just replace one pane of glass with a clear glass it's still pretty red
0: like maybe it t- changed the tint of it here's another it's still one pretty it's still pretty red you got a flashlight with three batteries going dim but you only have one new good battery so you're like oh i can't put three good new batteries in here i can only put one new battery with the two bad batteries yeah and it just makes it a little better you're like well all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> sort um of did it so so this is kind of my ending to this it, it, what would, uh, in my opinion, be? it's a very difficult argument to make. Um, And it's that this is why the power cable actually can make a difference for those that that really shake their heads and just don't believe it. Um, So when we look at the system in a parallel aspect to ground, which would be more, I would rather use the word shunt to ground. Mm -hmm. So this would be, line to neutral to earth ground or the signal path in general or the power supply secondary after the transformers um, to earth ground. There are only a few components that affect this. Um, So all of the RF characteristics and all of the RF behavior, there's only two major components that interact with this and one of those is the is are the chassis of your components in reference to the pcb circuit itself like or the circuit that's on the pcb Uh board Uh and i I say pcb because that's kind of how we usually interact with the chassis you know we might have some um some ac coupling to earth ground at various points where there are rf currents flowing um, in a certain manner. Um, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Collected by the um, chassis,
0: co- collected down or upstream. Is it upstream and and flowed through the signal, riding on well, signal. Well, that's all depending on, on how the power. it's
1: designed. You know, what you want is that you want those currents to to uh, find the path of the lowest, you know, the lowest resistance through the the green wire, which is
0: earth, and make their that's way what to the a yeah, Grounding yeah. scheme of yours. But yeah.
1: the, the, what I'm, I I would. I I feel more comfortably just saying that there is a characteristic there, you know, and that characteristic changes uh, with all the different audio components that you have. Mm -hmm. There is some sort of interaction. There's some sort of RF behavior between the PCB and the secondary areas of the power supply after the transformer, for instance, Mm. in reference to the chassis. Which is usually, typically, in Class One components, it's uh, it's grad. earth it's earth grad. earth grad. Um, But there's another component that interacts with it, and it's not the speaker. It's not it's not your you know it's not really your your turntable or something like that. It's the power cable. Yeah. And so you know the power cable is just it's it's one out of the two major components it's yeah it, you're you're actually changing more of the shunt characteristics with one change than you are with changing just a small fraction of the signal path because yeah, you're changing
0: the conduit so if if you lifted the ground on that last power cable to the wall that connects your whole system the most important one we, we talk about which is the the one you know the the one going to your conditioner or the one going to your power strip or going one going to your regenerator from the wall. If you lifted that, the chassis mean nothing. The, the mm. They're not passing it anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's got to have that connection. That's the conduit. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's a great point as well. Yep. It's the road. Yeah, Is it a pothole uh-huh. strewn road that's uh-huh. impossible to pass or is it sweet? It's yeah, where there's currents
1: actually find their... Uh, they find themselves going in different directions. Finding
0: a different way. Yeah. Just somewhere lower impedance to go. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and that would be, we're talking RF here. At high frequency. You know? Super
0: yeah. high frequency, yeah. at, frequency. At 60 hertz,
1: waves. not so much. Um, But at,
0: at 60, high... Six megahertz. Yeah, exactly. There you go. W- what does it see as high impedance or, or yeah. a, a lower impedance path? Like it mm-hmm. could be some weird stuff.
1: Of course. any yeah. Any inductive... Uh, you know, uh, parasitic things that we don't want uh, can alter the behavior and also the residence, which is a combination and interaction of various reactive elements in this, in this really complex system, yeah. which is this chassis of this one component <laughs> <laughs> um, that power cable affects that performance. And, I've I've been in the lab with, uh, for instance, like DAX and stuff, where we are actually able to in real time see the RF performance uh, that is radiating outside of the component. And if you change the just the tensioning on the screws on the top cover, you see the resonance in RF move.
0: Now we talked That's about just this. the
1: tension on the top cover, for instance.
0: We had a recent episode called RF Radio Frequency: The 800 MHz Gorilla. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to remember that because I was proud of that. Uh, so
1: the, our systems are, you know, in RF there are these yeah. these um, randomly and a- a- and just scattered in their way that they they tune RF. So it's just a very chaotic and random, uh, phenomena as far as how they're, how they're tuned. So every system is just tuned differently. Like you could, you could technically change out a cable that's, you know, a meter longer and now you've just created a different tuning. Yeah. You know, at, at a certain frequency. So, so that, that's just a, I guess that's my long winded answer to my argument with power cables scientifically yeah
0: and, and, um, and, that and i think you started yeah. this by by I- implying that that some combinations of them some power devices react differently and have the bigger experience and um some some power cables seem to work in different positions better yeah um. which
1: is just this really complex thing it's like one of those it's the exact reason why I have to listen to components when I design components and not just use my APX five, five, five. Yeah. Or Or just, yeah. 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 Right. Because it's, um, because it's there, the system, it's not that we don't have the measurements to measure everything, uh, which is a common argument, um, a common subjective argument, uh, it's that the system itself is so complex when you place it in the full system itself. Mm. When have you seen a system like a preamp, a an amplifier, a DAC, and power, actual power components, you know, uh, products like conditioners or regenerators or whatever, um, measured with audio gear all connected together?
0: No, it's always single
1: devices, yeah, yeah. single single. So now we've ruled out ground loops, we've ruled out, we've ruled out how those things interact together, we've ruled out the, the way that the gain distribution is between all of these and how that the noise shaping is occurring. Um, so, you know, like we, we like look at one individual component and then we make these like broad judgments on a component and then we're like, whoa, like the measurements don't correlate with the
0: listening. When you t- and it's take, like you toss them into a chaotic system and assume they're just going to respond the same. Yeah, as they did in the lab individually with one sine tone,
1: you know. Yeah, it's Whatever. like it's like trying to measure uh you know the performance of tires without putting them on the car Driving. and giving it for a spin. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 just you're looking on a very small element and and our systems are this they're broadly and they're broadly complex. Uh, it, yeah. it, they're 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 systems, you know that that is what the root of the word is, and and there is this beautiful complexity in that, and that is where the art comes in. Is 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 getting that complexity right. I wish I could
0: have okay. given a tire review this one night when I was in a Audi going up uh canyon in in boulder and it was like frozen fog that night mm. freezing Is that fog. In, the, in the a3 mm-hmm. mm. yeah that i sold to you
1: yeah and I love
0: that car. and this guy sales guy talked me into these continental extreme something extreme grip or something very expensive tires and i was like yeah okay and they just in actual driving conditions like like, they had all this high-tech stuff where they they kind of squeeze together when you turn, and so it actually gives super great grip in the rain, but snow, like, don't even try. You know, ice, anything like that it was terrible. Mm. And, you know... Maybe that, the so. rubber
1: would harden a little bit, too, when it got colder.
0: All but, I can tell you from yeah. driving, and this is the driving, like, review, was I remember one night, I'm I'm up on a seven-degree angle going up this canyon and just reach a point where the ice the coefficient of friction changes and there's a little turn angle to the road so that it drains and it's going up and i mean this is a steep just cliff on the on the side of the road and i just stop going up cuz the tires stop and i start drifting off toward that that side guardrail which was only the um the aluminum thing and uh yeah life i don't know if the whole life laughed before the eyes but i could tell you how i felt about that that tire like in use maybe maybe this isn't exactly a great parallel but it's uh you know it's when the rubber meets the road you you know what what something's made of Mm -hmm. and uh yeah you got to listen to it man you can't just go off of specs you got to take that out in the road and
1: get into the
0: dangerous frozen fog situations
1: yes absolutely so i i don't know i think we just went on a tangent but our website our our website says that we go on tangents Mm -hmm. we can't help
0: it yeah all right so it is time for some questions so let's get into that so we have um a couple questions we're going to tackle this week thank you to everyone who wrote questions we got some great good ones um We've got just kind of filled up again, and so um, if we don't answer yours tonight, we're going to answer it in subsequent weeks. Um, But tonight, we're going to answer a couple that had similar things going on, Um, one in in subject matter, um, one specifically led to our topic, our eventual topic, and so we're going to start with the other one first. So this is an email from Noah Mamo from... Noah Noah doesn't tell us where he's from Noah uh, his email subject line is budget audiophile and one of the things Darren and I noticed was the immediate interest in the uh, budget and uh, lower cost audio topics and so we realized that we do uh, a bunch of stuff way up in the stratosphere and that's a lot of fun that's very inspiring for folks but um, we always want to be helpful, so it's it's um, maybe something that we should focus a little bit more on, and hence well, our, our topic tonight. We wanted to do another one for that. So, Noah writes, a great email, um, very excited to read this and kind of respond to it. So, without further ado, let's go ahead. Hi, Darren and Duncan. I've recently entered the world of hi-fi after years of enjoying Friends' pricey systems. I was introduced to your podcast by one of those friends, and have enjoyed listening to it, even when your discussion goes way over my head. <clears throat> I especially enjoyed the golden age of budget audiophile episode as I've gone the budget route myself with a blue sound power node, okay? Elac Debut 6.2 bookshelves connected with Elac's entry-level speaker cables and an RSL speedwoofer. That's a nice little uh, turnkey kind of starter system there. Uh, Power Node is an amp and a streamer, all in one. And then um, and then Elac's debut looks like the six point two, so that's got to be the second generation of those. So um, improved from the first one. One of your recommendations for a budget audio system, at least as I understood it, is to avoid uh, relatively pricey cables and focus uh, on components. A friend, however, gave me a spare AudioQuest NRGY3 power cable, and the difference is astounding. Forgive my neophyte vocabulary, but where before I had somewhat muddled bass and mids, I have clarity and well-defined separation of sounds. I went a step further and purchased a Hubble industrial outlet to replace the cheap contractor grade outlet I was using. And I'm hearing even more improvement. What do you think would $200 assuming it purchased the power cable have been better spent on better components? By the way, thanks for that awesome album recommendations. I'm especially digging the suba that was last year, last week's recommendation from Omar Sosa. Thanks, Noah. It's just a great email. Um, because yes, we did the budget audio file thing. Yes, we recommended don't, don't focus on cables as much. That's for later in the game. You want to learn the basics here, learn how to set up, learn the component synergy, synergy, some basics on that, um, set it up, find some good music and, uh, and then start, you know, maybe down the road, think about that stuff. But you want to start your reaction to noah
1: um so yeah i uh let's well, you know it's just it's wonderful that you 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 know you're able to hear a difference in that system uh with, that's notable yeah it's 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 very nice um you know one of the one of the reasons why i guess we we shy away from recommending upgrading things like power cables in um, lower cost systems is that the, the lower cost systems do have lower amounts of resolution and, and they do have more coloration to them that's like innately in look electronics and, and, and the speakers um, and so it's, it is harder to hear the differences in things like cables for instance but the fact that you're able to hear uh, this change Says something uh, about your the the resolution that you're getting. It means that you're getting some nice resolution, and, and you're and listening ability revealing. Yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, that yeah. Because guys, point. at the budget on that. range,
0: in a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. Don't yep. also have the listening chops to yeah. really like appreciate a power. Great upgrade. point,
1: Duncan. Great point. So I yep. you know,
0: you mentioned that your friends have had great systems in the past and I just thought that was cool. That probably educated you a good amount. Yeah,
1: yeah. Great point. Oh that's yeah. That's so in your case, yeah,
0: it's more of like a kudos to you for A building a resolving system as Darren Pills points out, and B working on your own listening vocabulary mm-hmm. as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh working on your own uh you know just ability to listen and categorize these thoughts and kind of like carry them with you across different types of music and listening to different power gables. super cool
1: yeah and you can kind of now you know get the taste of what it's like to dip into the world of of tweaking the small things yeah and, now you're just doomed um, yeah yeah you're you're pretty doomed probably sorry Um, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's it's awesome. You know, it's, it's fun. This is where it's, it's a hobby and now you're interacting and you're playing with that system. That is a piece of, of art as far as how you tune that and, and get it to your liking and try different things and, and your listing skills also evolve. They, they grow, they change, um, they get more refined. And so, uh, that's just Beautiful that you're able to hear that and, and and enjoy what it brings to the table, and um, and Duncan, I think that was a very great point about listening skills. That's that's really yeah,
0: great. and likewise a great point about um, about the system's resolving ability and how it's just kind of like he yeah. went ahead and found the system. Um, oh. I would say next step for you, man, try this um, instead of Elac's entry level speaker cables. Get yourself a small value Mundorf inductor, something like a like a flat ribbon, one of their maybe what would you say, point four millihenries, something like that. Micro was it microhenries or millihenries? Microhenries, milli. No milli millihenries. Yeah, point four or something will do it, and uh, and unroll it. You gotta you gotta cut it open a little bit, but unroll it, and then find some like jacket some tech flex on amazon it's just a little bigger than it mm-hmm. put them in there uh lace them up figure out a way to terminate them the way i do it is going a 45 degree angle with a little q-tip with the end cut off so it's just the post and i kind of roll this like little post and then i can do things like solder a spade on it or i can put bananas on it just try that because I think you're ready for a speaker cable upgrade. I'm looking at your Elac entry-level speaker cables. I've seen those. I've messed around with them. You can do better, especially with this system which is already shown to be revealing and you're already shown to have a good ear. So that's your next your next step, do a little DIY. Um, there's actually a few uh, different companies that are doing things like that. If you really want to go after it, you could also try Capton Tape on on either side um and trim that up really nice and there's a company doing a ca- cable called fidelis that that's basically what it is um mm. it's it, they they use a new alloy but it's basically capped tape sandwiched in there and then it's a they use some special alloys copper those sounds um, pretty dang good so anyway noah awesome mm. awesome job that's cool getting to where you are yep congrats on the the journey and um uh, Best of luck in the future. Yes, that sounds like uh, the NRG Y3 in your situation would have been a great way to go. And, and, and I do want
1: to that. point out if you're uh, newer to the podcast and you are curious on how to uh, refine your listening skills, that we do have a, a podcast on this very on this very topic. I think two of them. All right. Yeah. I was thinking that there might've been a couple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you scroll down and look through the library, um, it'll be obvious. uh, Mm -hmm. We have some uh, episodes specifically on how to uh, grow as a listener um, and improve your
0: listening skills. Immensely important. That, that whole adage of like the people who don't believe in the power cables or whatever. And in, in the whole thing of like, great. Then you get to save money, like save your money use stock power cables. Like if you can't hear it, then don't chase it. Don't be spending after it. Yeah. Because, um, we talk about resolution of components. You are able to talk at length about linearity of electrical components because you're an actual professional designer. Um, but I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, um, you got to do this the right way. We, we, we lay the groundwork. We, we have episodes explaining about, you know, placement and, and synergistic, you know, relationships between components, what certain things need, get all that out of the way. And then you work into this realm of like, um, interconnectivity and the RF tapestry that you mentioned, that's unique to every system and every electrical grid and, in each listening room and house and stuff like that. so, you know, Going about it the right way. Um, we love to hear when someone's uh, going about it the right way and, and working the listening side of things just as much as they are the mm. gear side of things because mm. none of this is enjoyable without growing that listening side of of your uh, your skill set and the whole audiophile hobby. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks, Noah, again. Uh, best luck and um, hope we helped there. Okay, so this next email comes from... Joe Spagnola from uh, Minneapolis, wasn't he? Yes, St. Paul. Um, and so this actually is uh, is a question that led us to um, what we decided for our topic for this week. So without further ado, we'll start reading the question. We're going to answer the question as the course of getting into this topic and then branch it out to um, a greater degree from there. Uh, So, Joe writes, Hi, I'm Joe from St. Paul, Minnesota, and I just started listening to the show a few weeks ago, and I really love it. I'm writing to ask your help breaking through my indecision paralysis and thought that might make a good topic for a segment of the show. We agree. i do I'm just starting to wade into the two-channel speaker waters, coming mostly from headphones, IEMs, desktop listening, and it feels like I've gone from a lake into an ocean. I keep feeling like I just don't know where to and how to start, because there are just so many variables. I'll be reading or listening about different types of amps and speakers and room situations and feel like... No matter what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to make a mistake and end up unhappy. On the other hand, I, I also keep finding myself getting excited about one type of product or another and switching up my plans to include it. Welcome to the club. Um, I, feel, I feel like it's overwhelming and keeps me from being able to settle on one thing and get started. Here's a little bit of background about my setup, uh, which is two areas of the house. My office, which is 13 feet by 13 feet, has a PC with Rune and a shit Bifrost, uh, bifrost 2 and a Burson Soloist 3XP headphone amp preamp and some Sennheiser HD 650s. My living room, which is 12 feet by 24 feet with a fireplace about halfway through the 24 foot long side and a couch opposite the fireplace, has a Blue Sound Node 2i as a rune end point in a seven to eight uh seven to ten year old pioneer elite v s x uh o one t h x t t x h hundred ten watt per channel a v r and some very large paradigm floor standing speakers that my father in law gave me after having them serviced and cleaned up i don't know the exact model. so here's some pictures they're just i think they're called the studio monitor the paradigm studio monitor very uh pretty large. Um, two woofers, mid-woofer, and a tweeter, and a port. Uh, I had been planning to invest in some higher-end headphones until I went to the trouble of measuring the living room and moving a bunch of furniture to get a feel for what some somewhat properly positioned system could sound like, and really came away from that wanting to do more of it. Um, But I really can't monopolize the living room. I have a bit of money saved up to invest in my hobby, and I'm de- trying to decide where to put it. I feel like I have more opportunity to tinker with things with like the furniture placement and sound absorbing diffusion panels in my office. I also have the opportunity for a system there to benefit from some of the stuff I already have, like the Bifrost 2 or the Burson Pre. I'm not 100% sure that a headphone amp-preamp combo like the Burson is the same as a full sized preamp, though i guess my decision boils down to one of a two a couple directions i can go outfit the living room with uh, uh let's see focus on the living room my father-in-law removed the spikes and i can't have them out in the middle of the room all the time so i was thinking about getting some isoacoustic soperta supports uh for them as a small glow up uh, that's a that's a thought I could also replace the Pioneer with a nice two channel integrated. I've been drooling over Hegel's online, but I think I'd get more mileage out of my investment at this point if I got a good deal on something used, and I already have the blue sound as a streamer. That's very true. Friends have suggested the speakers need at least 80 to 100 watts per channel. I don't think uh I just don't want to buy a newer integrated if it's just gonna be a side grade from the pioneer, and I really don't know how to tell if it will be or not. Then to the office, <clears throat> the options there I could go with something like this LS50 wireless, uh, kind of boring, but doesn't provide it, uh, and doesn't provide a ton of tinkering potential, but could be the best setting option. Or I could go with passive speakers and an integrated or passive speakers and just an amp using my, uh, stuff I already have in there, the PC, the DAC, the person. I keep bouncing in f- back and forth between these and not making any concrete progress. Have you ever experienced this kind of paralysis? And if you do, if so, do you have any general advice how to move past it? If you have uh, any specific advice on whether moving to a dedicated two channel integrated in the living room would be a big jump from something like the pioneer. I'll also re- uh, appreciate it. Lastly, if you have any words of wisdom, investing in a quality integrated for the office versus putting some of that money into an amp and using the DAC person combo I already have as part of the system. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for writing Joe. Awesome question. You were right. It's an awesome topic. The indecision that, that, You have enough information to really like lead you in these directions, and then it's like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. You know. Um, So we want to answer your question with just our thoughts, and then kind of like recognize that this is something a lot of people go through. Absolutely. Uh, You can you can kick this one off. Okay. So, Joe, we're looking at one of the things that. Darren, you mentioned, uh, earlier as, as kind of your, a little bit of your methodology, but one thing that I always used to like to do as a, a sales person in sales, uh, way back in the day and high end audio is just really just, let's start with how, um, to answer the question of, of where do I start given this setup and, and where I am so far, I say, how, how does this, how can this most seamlessly fit into your life? Where's the area where it it's going to be not foreign to you? You mentioned feeling like jumping from a lake into an ocean and, you know, maybe we can make the lake a lot better and kind of, you know, um, resemble an mm. ocean, mm-hmm. um, you don't feel that way, but but we get you to the ocean part in the from the from the lakeside. So, um, my natural inclination, inclination, I think, where my thoughts went toward advice for other people in this situation is to go to to areas where you feel comfortable already, and you feel like you've already uh, established a foothold as an audiophile, where you're already making your own decisions. It's not an old pioneer receiver it's not an inherited set of speakers it is stuff that you've read about and chosen and that you've brought in and you listen to and you like and you've kept it uh, you can always mm-hmm. return these things you've kept these things the person and the in the bifrost so my inclination is to start there um we've anybody listening this far has already listened to our our talk about what we experienced as a, in a desktop setup at, at my house. Right. Right. So I think, I think what we're looking at is, is, is there's so much, you're, you're kind of in tuned, This office is yours. It's your zone. 13 by 13 is not ideal. It's a, it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the same dimensions. It's a cube. It's not ideal. Better, it's not a better cube. reason to have near field, but you're reason. taking
1: the room more out of the equation.
0: So we're kind of leaning toward, you know, a culmination of looking at your situation, looking at where your interests, and then dial it in there. Yes. So, so go go a little further about the room influence and and why I like that setup that like, like in my house wasn't I in front of a window and yeah. next to another window, kind of yep. crammed in a corner of a in room a cor- in a corner. I mean, it's pretty much
1: like the. If you looked at the room and you pulled 100 audio files, they'd say, not that space. Not right there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it still works. And the reason is is that the amount of you know reflected acoustical energy in the room versus how much is coming from the speaker is uh, massively reduced as far as the reflected energy that yeah. you're hearing. So you're hearing more of just the speaker. It Like when you put on headphones... You are mostly listening to just the headphones, yeah. Um, and when yeah. you listen to speakers really near field, as in um, my de- my definition for that would be two and a half to five feet away, um, you are listening to uh, a lot more of just the speaker right. than listening to mid and far field setups. Mid midfield, it just these are just from my opinion. Um, midfield being like six to eight feet and uh far field you start getting into like the eight to fourteen feet away. Or maybe I should say nine nine to fourteen feet away is far field. In my write up I, um, I
0: talked about it like tug of war where you've got team speakers and team room, you know, where you're just like the room influence the further away that you get, the more important it is to treat the room. Yeah less important it is the closer you get, because it just doesn't
1: matter as much. Exactly. And one of the reasons um, why you would have far-field, because one would say, well, why would you even have far-field setups, is that very large speakers that are three-, four-way speakers that have widely spaced drivers, because mm. the cabinets are very large, and the des- designers may- might have other goals, like... Uh, removing the floor bounce, for instance, and mm. placing a driver pretty close to the floor, um, you know, is that you're going to have to now step back away from that speaker in order for that speaker to integrate properly and sound coherent. Right. Um, first, having, you know, a borderline micro monitor like the P3 or a mini monitor like the Kef LS50 yeah uh, where you can just get right up in its face
0: there, you you cannot enjoy every small speaker near field a, a lot of them are designed to coalesce at a distance that's just not that near field desktop setup mm mm-hmm. you know the way i start that that um Oh, I've only we haven't shot the video. We're gonna do it on Thursday, but I've written a script already. But the way I'm talking about that system is in from the context of like you know modern desktops are. We don't have anything on our desks anymore. Back in the day, you had CRT monitors, Rolodexes, rotary phones, inboxes, in outboxes, and all kinds of stuff. Mm. You need a lot of space. Nowadays, you have a, a laptop that's thin as air, or whatever you know. And so but um but the beauty of of a of a nice desk is that you can get this presentation when you set up the P3s and a big part of um doing that is pulling them off the desk and working with the distance from the speakers to the desk to couple them the right amount right, right? and so that's why Isoacoustic stands have uh, adjustable heights and a bunch of different inserts that you can do to d- different heights and stuff and you do the you rake them a little bit to, to break that ninety degree bounce reflection and anyway once you once you get that that whole thing set up, you know as we remarked earlier, you can do things in that kind of situation in that small near field that you cannot get even with some of the most expensive systems I mean you have yeah. to absolutely sell out to treat the room you have to absolutely have the best electronics and cabling and just so much happens with that distance
1: yep does and then having the right speaker that can of course um you know work uh correctly in that in in that that, close range in that close range yeah exactly so so the cap ls50
0: is not a bad idea because it's coincident those are coincident drivers
1: yeah it is and and if you're on the line between buying used ls50s and metas um you need to buy metas yeah. Uh, they're way better. Um, the, you can't even compare. The it's speakers. another level. Yeah, it's a completely different level. Yeah. Um, the Alice 50 to me, uh, and we've talked about this in like very early episodes um, before the meta came out, I just uh, I can't really get my head over the, the top end. It's, it's a little bit um, forward leaning in my opinion, the speaker. Uh, the meta is uh, a lot more relaxed. Uh, has a lot more inner detail. The bass is better. Um, it's just a, it's just a better speaker all Sounds around. Like music. It's um, yeah, yeah. The it gets out of the way much better. The uh, P three ESR XDs from Harbeth. It's going to be more expensive um, for these speakers. Um, there, there is a a natural uh, harmonically correct. Presentation that they provide that the LS fifties don't even touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know the, the the way that acoustic instruments sound so much more. I mean, it's literally like sound like they're in the room. Yeah. Whereas the LS fifty sounds like it's a nice recording of yeah. of the acoustic guitar, where the 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 P threes literally transform
0: and bring that. In, that instrument into the space itself, there's just nothing like him, yeah, there's just no, nothing like him. It's a combo of, yeah, it's not just the size of the head, like Alan said, I mean, yeah, you know, like yeah, he, yeah. he it's a lot of I work. obviously love that
1: response just because of the oversimplification of it,, yeah. but yeah,
0: <laughs> he years of his life into this thing, and then you know it's his passion project, and yeah, and that's what he, says. That's what he said that's I love it, yeah, I love <laughs> it anyway, um, so that is so my inclination, the reason I go there is because he's comfortable there. Right. And that's a big deal. Um, because that's a big part of what he's expressing as like the problem is that he's uncomfortable having too much information without the exact, like a really good idea of where to, how to imply that and where to go next with it. So, um, go to your comfort zone, I guess is, is, uh, Yeah, because if if we look at Joe's situation, these paradigms, they could have more to them, more to go. Probably the pioneer is no, is no special piece of equipment. It's it's got its own job. It's naviar, but it's not trying to give those pioneers what they need, and then in the best that they can. So you got a nice integrated on that. You still run into all of the issues that are involved in compromises related to other people living in the house, domestic tranquility, your significant other. And as you mentioned, you, you, you have a little less freedom with the uh, furniture arrangement there. Gosh, I gotta say, it's like the best, the best sounding places for speakers in so many situations are not the best looking or, Mm. or you just have to like, you have to like that, the speakers are a part of the room and mm-hmm. because and it can be hard for us to look through that prism yeah. because we appreciate them functionally and they look beautiful to us no matter where they are. Right. Right. So, right but, course. um, yep. but yeah, there's, there's, there's certain, you know, yeah, you can't take this area over and pull them out because people need to walk there or somebody needs to enjoy the fireplace there or something like that. So something
1: I have done recently is, um, Someone like kind of like place big plants all around the speaker. Right. Um, and it, it really does. Oh, so it really much. does help. Yeah. So it, it jazzes it takes, them up incredibly. Well, and also like when your eye goes towards that, the corner of the room, it's not just pulled directly towards the speaker. Well, that's a good it's point. also looking at this beautiful plant that might be in a way larger than the speaker. You know, um, in many cases you could get a plant that's larger than your speaker and Plants are nice, um,
0: you know, for high-frequency diffusion. There you go. You know, I mean, there. When you have nice... Do you have underlights under most of your... Some of your plants? You do a yeah, lot do. of underlighting. I do.
1: I, I, I use... Um, I just buy, like, uh, industry kind of uh, reflector lights the, it uh, that It looks you can like buy a garage, on. like, project light or something. Exactly. The like, thing. they're just aluminum re- reflectors um, yeah. that you buy on Amazon for, like, $10 each. And then I put a hue light in that and I kind of prop that on. I realize they're colored behind, behind the plant. And, um, you know, for me, we've talked about this. You put yellows
0: and reds on there and it's so nice. Yeah.
1: The, the, the lighting is so important for me, especially when I'm listening.
0: Um, so it's it's just part of the experience over at your house. It's always so great of a vibe in here because of that hue lighting. Thank you. Like, I just wish I could, uh, um, Mark that cash to do that in my house and make that more of a priority it's an inspiration it's always an inspiration mm-hmm. coming over here thank you yeah so that you know
1: you can do stuff like that it does but, help a lot but you know it's it's really this question it really boils down to your listening priorities and your listening behavior like how, how do you listen is it mainly solo um if it is uh you know look I think we've said this a few times before, but this is just, this is not the podcast for, um, for cans or headphones, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not that we disrespect them at all. Uh, it's just not our cup of tea. Yeah. Um, we're more speaker, uh, speaker guys because I treasure the spatial, uh, imaging and the, uh, the realism that you get right in front of you floating images Uh, in space with speakers where in the headphones it's kind of imaging inside of your head and even if you do you know like cross cross feed stuff it's still not the same as as a set of speakers in front of you you're still Um,
0: looking at something too i mean unless your eyes are closed you focus forward and so there's a little disconnect where it's like you're you're trying not to look at anything, or try not to think about what you're looking at while you're listening to thinking about what you're listening to. Yeah. So, yeah. no disrespect to the no, can, no disrespect, right? no
1: disrespect to the can crowd, but the you know, I just I think that the desktop system, like using the LS50 for a lower cost version, and then uh, the P3 for a higher cost version, um, what you can get out of a system like that is just it's ridiculous. It will it will change. It
0: will change your life. It will. It, it will. will change your life. It will change your life. The system like I set up at my desk yeah. will change your life. It will change your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sad that I have to give it back because I don't own it. This mm. is part of the deal because, you know, with reviewing mm. stuff. But I just want to go back and listen to that now. You. So you're going to have um, to before. So you need to come over tomorrow because we're going to shoot the video. And then I'm going to mm. send them back and I'm bringing over my P3s as well. Oh, well that might give me a reason to keep them for longer if I'm going to do a a, a a comparison. I'll have to think about that. All right. I'll yeah. talk to my guys at work and yeah, see if we want to do one of those, but
1: and then if we do do that, uh you know, we can give you guys an update on a side-by-side uh P- P3 ESR versus P3 ESR XD, um and yeah, so, yeah, but you that, have, but... you
0: know, someone who's been with them for so long, getting that experience and then sharing that in- invaluable di- the the difference what it sounds like mm-hmm. from a from a trained season listener, that was super valuable. Really appreciate that mm-hmm. that um perspective. You welcome. All right, so uh yeah. so folks getting into audiophile stuff, you know, um, we've been doing a lot of talk about speakers. I guess it's partly because he's already got a DAC and he's already got a pre. Right. But I think that's a natural thing for folks to focus on is to maybe start. Oh, yeah. Answering start with the this, question yeah. with where do other people start? Mm-hmm. You know, um, will you start not with the gear, but with that first question we asked of, where does this fit into your life? Where can we yes. fit this into your life the yeah. most?
1: How do you want it to fit into your life? Do is you this listen a solo? It's such a huge yeah. thing. Is it a social event? Is it something that um, you and your partner uh, enjoy
0: listening to in the mornings? Or um, Is it something you want yeah. to get your partner into? I just got an email from mm-hmm. John Kleber showing um, his wife really, really enjoying his system uh, mm-hmm. and also his dog, you which know, is super cool. Listener mm-hmm. shout out to to John um but, but that's that you build something nice enough that it can become maybe a an olive branch to the craziness of the audio file hobby or a way for you to your you know significant other to understand you better.
1: Yeah, and this would be you know like a, a living room system, and the advantage here, again, you could connect it to the TV. And you can use it mm-hmm. for listening to TV, which is a lot awesome. better than listening to it through TV speakers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and in many cases, it's much better than most affordable home theaters. I mean, an audiophile system will give you, um, you know, especially with movies, uh, the soundtracks, you know, just incredible obvious obviously incredible fidelity when it comes to soundtracks um that's why songs will come on and you'll just be really engulfed in it just like you're listening to oh a, yeah to it to it you know through the streaming you, you'll
0: be something. amazed at the production yeah. quality of some movies yeah oh it's ridiculous but that's actually why aaron allowed me to keep the six foot tall speakers that you and i brought into our house one day without mm without prior mention of like, uh, Hey, this is going to happen was because, uh, it's TV, TV The dialogue was yeah. so much better, mm-hmm. you know, and, oh, and yeah. realistic and easy to grasp and. Oh yeah. 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 Quick sale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so, you know, that is really the first question is how does this fit into my life? And from there it kind of branches into my next thing, which is, well, maybe you have multiple options. Maybe, uh, for instance, let's just say that you're like a mainly a solo listener when you're critically listening, uh, and you're like, "Well, I could go multiple directions. I could go. I could have, um, you know, a, a living room system, or I could do a desktop scenario." Um, and the my response to that would be if your budget is, you know, somewhat on the lower side and you want to really maximize you know the full like high end get the full dose of of high-end audio for limited amounts of money and for the minimum amount um it's the desktop system um because the the what you're, you're not gonna have to worry about room treatments you're gonna not have to you're not gonna need a lot of power you're really close to the speakers right um, the speakers are going to be barely playing their you know one watt spec, even yeah um because you're frankly. literally within that one meter that they're measured at when you start moving away um it's interesting how much more power we have to dump into the room,
0: yeah right. um,
1: and so you know that's another thing you're you're listening to uh, the speakers uh at much lower distortion because literally the excursion of the drivers is a lot it, it's a lot less. You're dumping less power into it you can experiment with some um, maybe some more interesting amplifier options mm-hmm. you can get into set amplifiers mm-hmm. you can get into uh, you know first watt amplifiers that mm-hmm. have lower amounts of power. Uh, so there's so many cool options for desktop setup so when we're talking budget and we're talking about okay, I'm a solo listener and I have multiple, avenues, but I want to get into a true, you know, and get the full dose of high end, my advice is, uh, to buy something like the P3 and then build out from there and have them on isoacoustics and you'll be amazed at, at what you can accomplish.
0: Yeah. And, uh, one of the cool things about the P3, it's a 6 6- ohm, Yeah. Pretty, very easy to drive, um, load, very, very flat frequency response, But do respond uh, favorably to quality class D amplification, as we found. Uh, That sprout is is part of the turnkey system that you and I love. Um, I found great success with that 60 watt uh, class A tube amp. Um, It is curious; Uh, the thought has crossed our minds to try it with like Purify monoblocks or something like Mm -hmm. that. You know, Uh, one thing. One thing to.
1: Uh, for for a note with the P3s, is that they are, um, even though the load is somewhat friendly and they do respond well to tube amplifiers, and even if you go back and you read John Atkinson's original review of the P3 ESRs, he actually talks about how they're fairly friendly for tube amplifiers. But I will say that they're not a very sensitive speaker. No, they're not. Um, so the sensitivity is somewhat low on them even though the load is somewhat easy yeah and right. it's benign um they still need and it's rather high, high impedance and what this means is we still need a lot of voltage and yeah for those familiar with with headphones this is like a big talk in the headphone uh, uh, world is is okay do i need what kind of voltage swing do i need on my right. my uh my amplifier and what kind of gain do i need on my amplifier um a lot of advanced headphone amplifiers, they have a gain switch, right? Right. They have a low standard, Mm -hmm. uh, very common. You'll see a low setting and a high setting. And what this is, is for lower impedance headphones, you don't need as much voltage over the headphone to create a certain amount of power. And so therefore they're a lot more sensitive to any sort of, noise that is presented in in a voltage uh uh domain so like any sort of voltage noise that's present on the output of the amplifier will be a lot more sent, uh a lot more audible on lower impedance headphones and so lowering the gain of the headphone amp actually will reduce that reduce noise, noise voltage yeah, yeah yeah if you don't and, need
0: the gain you do it on the low
1: setting cuz yeah, the noise is lower yeah. exactly and then for higher impedance headphones, you actually need a lot of voltage swing. So that's where we need to increase the gain so that we can get more voltage swing. And we don't really care about noise as much because they don't show Doesn't that show noise as, floor much. Yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the same thing with the P3 ESR. It's, it's, it needs some voltage swing. Um, and what do you look for in a power amplifier for that? It is watts. Watts does so translate. It's, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, 10 Watts, it's its really cutting it. I think we've talked about this actually yeah. um, with some people with the P3. 10 Watts is really shaky on the P3. I i would not suggest this. Yeah. There's um, a
0: cord electronics, uh, any desktop amp that uh, someone suggested as like, Hey, why don't you try that? And it's 10 Watts. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no I no, I, no, no, I wouldn't. No, no. Sorry.
1: Um, you know, it's, you need more 30 near field you you, you, yes if it's like a you know a a, a first watt you could get away with 25 to 30 on the p3s near field um you're really starting to cook in 50 or 60 of tube power near field you're really starting to do, do
0: quite well i know i i put it as 30 you want 30 to 50 at least on tubes really yeah and then solid state, it's like you know anywhere from forty to hundred or something, and beyond if you want. But yeah, yeah,
1: I don't think you'd use it on the P three beyond probably not 100. use it. Yeah. yeah, right. But the um, right. But you know, something like the Sprout has absolute full control over the P3, so yeah, um, it's that's a, such a good match. Yeah, you know, It's a perfect match, and
0: at six hundred yeah. bucks, it's it's not the kind of you know forty five hundred dollar amp I was listening to. Was it forty nine? Yeah, it's
1: it's 45. actually um it's actually uh, six ninety nine is the price for the Sprout.
0: Spr- oh, oh yeah. seven hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six ninety nine. Um, worth every penny. Um, yeah, and and so uh. Joe mentioned combining some electronics, and this is a concept that you want to like look at when you're when you're looking at where do I start combining the the electronics. Um, the Sprout is an all-in-one; it's got the DAC and the integrated amp and a fun of stage. Um, Joe mentioned ls fifty wireless. I think because partially they're amplified internally; they're pre amplified internally. You can. You know, you, you connect uh, analog inputs, and I think, do they have a digital input? It's 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 a turnkey kind of setup where you, you already have um, what you need. So there are great options for that kind of approach. I, I think, you know, obviously budget's going to be on the equation for any beginning audio file. Mm. Where do you start? I think we're answering that mostly. We've already answered that. It's like... Where does it fit best in your life? Um, where does it fit best in your knowledge base already? So then when we get to budget, you know, you can you could talk about budget, but there are great options in that desktop and uh situation that have amplification already and have the digital stuff. One that comes to mind is the company Vanatu. Mm. They always have rooms kinda near impressive rooms at audio shows and you'll go into a Wilson room. Or you'll go into like a Von Schweikert room and you're just like, wow. And then you go into the next room and it's these tiny little DSP-powered, multi-amped, tiny, tiny little desktop speakers that have a passive radiator on the back and, you know, an AMT driver and some kind of other thing. And you're like, you're like blown away. And these guys in that context, they always put themselves next to a, a great room and it's it's one of those demos that shows everybody remembers uh because the vanity the small vanity speakers are just you know very impressive for what they're able to pull off so it's multi-amped every every driver's got an amp it's all the you know traditional what could we what if we did this you know all the way to the to the nines and um but we did did, did it in a budget way so it's it's modern you know to the nines technology of like individual amps for every driver dsp crossovers for phase coherence uh you know all kinds of like just very minimal computer generated baffle and and cabinets so it's got just like imaging for days great great little speakers very attractive prices lower than the cafels 50 another Mm. option there's so many options hmm but we see this market, the desktop audio market, as you can have a foot in the in the full audiophile world, where you actually have a first watt amp on your desk, mm-hmm. or like me, like a you know four KT150s that are behind yeah. your monitor.
1: And At that point, then you have some money for to get into the cool stuff, the the power cables, cables, the, regenerating the, um, all the little the power. yeah the power, your power setup, so. Um, streamers and stuff. so many different options, and that's just why if you're interested in getting into the speaker world and you, you're solo listening near a near field up, uh, setup can just be excellent, and also you know living in perhaps the city uh it's really nice because the overall amount of sound pressure that you're putting into the room is is going to be less. So it's, it means like late night listening is going to be better hmm. and, and more conducive as far as not bothering others. Better for um, apartment dwellers and, exactly. and townhome people. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. And I, sure. I just, I want to throw in there. I misspoke earlier. Um, the, uh, for the 2021 catalog at PS audio, the sprout is now seven ninety
0: nine. Oh, just, wow. Just, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's the sprout 100 It's a hundred watt amplifier. Yeah. Um, it's the size of a book a small book so yeah. it's very impressive. that one's that one's nice if you want a
1: minimal solution um but you can also you can go if you can find you can them and straight stuck. up go to you know these these uh a full up rack for your for your desktop setup where no you have um you know a, a, a nice tube preamp and you can have a first watt amplifier whatever you want you know i you go, there is no limit to how far you can take the desktop
0: setup, no, it's, it's and, worth it. Like and you, that's you part of the, the story. Out all the, yeah, all the it's, performance. There's so much there that yeah. you could have, and if you think that you can't get work done when when you've got a really resolving audio file system, you're just you're just wrong. You just, you need to find the right tunes, but yeah, it, being immersed in the music, it's it, you it, you can really maximize your working effectiveness i i've just loved it you know i've been working in front of this system i for bet a few you days. can't stop yeah i can't stop. okay let's let's take a
1: step back here and let's say that you're somebody who um you know you enjoy the social element of a system mm-hmm. you enjoy having it in the common space mm-hmm. uh, that the living room um you enjoy you know having it in front of the tv and you can watch movies on it um what does somebody do You know that wants to get into uh, high-end audio and start uh, at a system that's going to deliver, you know, decent uh, entry-level experience into the high-end world. What what do you do for that
0: kind of setup? Yeah, where do we move from the from the uh, receiver paradigm? Because there's a good chance that if you're already doing something Mm -hmm. in there, just like Joe, you're going to have a receiver, Mm -hmm. and so you're looking at. you're looking at these racks that people have put poured years and tons of money into and at each component they've spent all this time thinking about. And, you know, and then you think, where do I start? You know, and that's a good question. I, I want to also reiterate. So I work at the music room, the world's leader in used hi-fi audio, uh, tmradio.com. The The, one of the things to keep in mind is that with today's very, very active used market, and it's been active thanks to the internet marketplace for quite some time. Um, if you buy things, keeping an eye on the resellability of these products, you can work your way through a lot of options.
1: Right. So you can buy something, you can hold it for a while, enjoy well, you, it,
0: yeah, and then you can sell it and not lose that much money. Really not. Right? It, you can you can buy an integrated. And then when you feel ready, uh, I don't know, trade that in to toward, uh, you know, the separates. Right. Yeah. And have it be steps along the way. I do
1: recommend starting with an integrated amplifier. Though. Yes. And, and I remember not only are you getting your preamp, your amplifier, and in some cases a DAC built into that and some cases a phono stage. True. Um, but but you're eliminating all the interconnects in between all of that. Yeah, cables. You're, you're eliminating and, right. all the power cables except one.
0: You're you're reducing it to one chassis of RF. Yeah, you know, control and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just a
1: nice. And then you're also you're limiting how much space you need to dedicate to right. holding all the components. Right. And an integrated amp, even if it's a tube amplifier. Um, a tube integrated, uh, it's going to consume a lot less real estate, real estate. Um, so, you know, uh, starting with a integrated amp is definitely the way to go for getting into, uh, your first system. Um uh, yeah.
0: yeah. And I guess the, to, to button up, uh, uh, that point I was making was just that like, mm-hmm. if it's a brand that you've never heard of and that you don't see mentioned too much, you know, like use a little more caution because at this stage in the game, just getting started you, I think you want to both invest in pieces that are going to be good for your system and also pieces that will facilitate future moves for you in the Mm, future. mm -hmm. Right. So there's a whole lot of small companies and you could get this thing. That's really cool. Um, but think about, uh, the next step is, is this, really no name amp that doesn't have a website anymore because that company's defunct as of 10 years ago and is is that the move or is you know maybe it is maybe it is um if you're a real junkie and you're kind of like into this one designer that makes these things and he only sells them to this one outlet it's cool do it you know but um but like, there's there's benefit in buying a Parasound, right? As your first integrated. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, because yeah, sure. it's it's really well constructed. All the money's in the right stuff. It's not jewelry. Mm-hmm. It's an audio tool, right? But it's also a Parasound, and you're going to find a buyer for it afterwards. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just yeah. A, just one little thought coming from the world of secondhand hi-fi. That's that's a, a thought I have. You know,
1: yeah. So that's a, That's a good embark. On good point. Um, And, uh, and then we get to the point of, okay, now we have to, we have to buy a speaker that can fill a larger space. Okay. So this is where we start really kind of losing the upper hand that the desktop system has going for it. You're going to have to buy now a large speaker and, and eventually a subwoofer, I recommend, um, with the system as well to fill the space. So, um... You know, ELAC is a pretty good option that comes to mind as far as affordable sure. speakers. They've been doing good, um, good
0: budget stuff. What, Triangle what is another recommend? company for budget. Oh, okay. Triangle. Yeah. Good. Yeah, okay. the BRO3. Yes. I haven't heard. them. Triangle okay. does great budget, French company. Um, I don't know. Those are probably the main two that you recommend as to, you know, the starting.
1: I like. Um, I do like, uh, like Vandersteins, um, like the smaller Vandersteins. Oh, they're, some of the older, nice, like the 2CIs? Nice 2CIs?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a you're, good you're speaker. You're absolutely right.
1: For the price, I mean, yeah. heck, I, I don't know. Like, it's under 1,000 used. Yeah, right. Surely. Right. Um, and it's a fairly big speaker that can fill a, a space, and the sound staging is is really nice. Off of yeah, that. you just want
0: to make sure someone checks the back bottom woofer and make mm. sure that that surrounds good, and make sure pushing a little bit, and make sure that the cone's not rubbing mm-hmm. or any, or the the voice coil's not rubbing. You know, I've come yep. across that a couple times, but and then you could get into you could get into the MagnaPan world where yeah, you right? get
1: into um, if if you. Are Point sevens interested in MMGs. planar magnetic speakers. Um, yeah. You could you could get into that. Um, I'm All not affordable. personally. I'm not a huge Martin Logan fan. That's just a personal. That's just a personal opinion. I've, yeah, I would prefer magnet pans with Rels over over a uh, higher priced Martin Logan that has the built in sub. Yeah, I've just never found them to be
0: the most coherent thing. I've always find, found um, myself wanting to move the sub somewhere else. And, oh, yeah. And that's tying a good it to, that's the, a good to the speaker like yeah. that makes it a little tough. Yeah. But the thing about the Martin Logan design, you know, I went down this rabbit hole a while because Gail Sanders is is not related to Roger Sanders. Yeah, yeah I was about to say. I was like, that's... that's. But, but Roger Sanders invented the curvilinear electrostatic technology mm-hmm. that was then licensed to Gail Sanders, who owns martin logan and and the the original uh principles for martin Logan. Roger Sanders kept his his flat electrostatic technology mm-hmm. um but licensed that other one to martin logan now the 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 reason that that's a benefit over the, the only benefit over the flat electrostatic panel is that more people get to enjoy the music. And that's Martin Logan's whole premise. It's, it's where they start is they're taking the, the electrostatic curvilinear panel panel and the, the benefits of electrostatic is the transient uh, capabilities are insane. Uh, you know, the speed and all that kind of stuff, similar stuff exactly to planar magnetics. Um, but with electrostat, because you are forming the the electromagnet yourself, you can make that curve. I, I don't think you can do that with planers, planar magnetics, with tra- traditional earth magnets. You can't curve it. But um, but they've done it. You know, uh, Sound Lab does it um, as mm-hmm, well. But mm-hmm. anyway, the 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 gist of the Martin Logan is to share share the the fun. Yeah, and so it's more of a fun speaker by nature by design right mm-hmm. it is what it is i remember we um you and i were setting up a little party for a band who was releasing an album that had asked if they could throw a party at ps audio and play the new oh, album yeah, we on had the some, systems some logans didn't we some little yeah. ones and we yeah. had this weird conference room that was like a submarine box yeah with
1: a sprout probably with a
0: sprout yeah and then we put tube traps in the corners and suddenly (laughs) these logans like actually worked yeah and it it made some nice like i do remember that so you can you can do it it's they've they just got they've got their role there's actually like you know john uh hunter is a huge fan of the old cls of martin logan now when they went all out this is not a curved panel the cls is a are all flat panels and it's multi-panel thing it's kind of their state of the art you know at the time and then they had a cls x i believe that's what it's called which is the next one so i've tested both of those at the music room and, and i believe we sold um john appear but the you know martin logan's been doing um stuff at the at the high end of the you know of the range for a while they just their general speaker is is um that's how I would characterize it it's a fun speaker for pe- for multiple people it's not as much the uh sweet
1: spot audiophile speaker yeah yeah cool yeah i yeah so uh, as far as the magna pans go i do i do like the like the 1.7 i yeah. range that that speaker with solid partnering that with um with a a rel yeah is is a, nice, is a nice system for a larger space. Agreed. And something, when you do get into these, um, you know, uh, uh, planar magnetic speakers or electrostatic speakers, um, you do want space around the speaker. You can't put the speaker right against the back wall. Um, you don't want the speaker next to the side wall. You want space all around the speaker. And this is just because the speaker is a, now a, a dipole speaker, And so you have sound radiating from behind the speaker and you have sound radiating in front of the speaker and you don't want a reflection very early, um, behind the speaker. And so you want to get some distance off that back wall. Um, so they, they are more finicky with, with having space around them. Hmm. Um, where if you don't have a lot of space to work with, uh, I'd really recommend, even going to the extent of um, if you can't find like some sort of sealed box solution with a sub, because the sealed boxes will work closer to the side walls. Right. Um, or something that has a passive radiator in it is to try to find a front ported speaker. Right. That might be a little bit better for a close wall. Let's um, get it further back to d- the wall. Design. Yeah. Or place wall, uh, uh, a uh, close to the back wall um placement uh will be better with a a front ported speaker so
0: those audio notes and the kind of wider baffled harbeths also Mm -hmm. don't mind being oh the harbeths kind of back against yeah they love being being towards the back but
1: yeah there there isn't a rear ported harbeth if you know they're they're all front makes sense yeah Yeah. right very true they're all front yeah or
0: sealed like the p3 yeah
1: Yep. So anyways, you know, um, you want to good advice, certainly, um, and when we're talking about budget here, uh, how to, how to break down the budget, um, where do we place the money? And of course the speaker is the number one place where you want to put the money. First. Agreed. And, yep. and then, and then if it means you gotta do what you can to buy, what you can right now and, and then work up in electronics, but, but don't, You know, don't, uh, don't, you know, cheap out on the speaker. Um, definitely allocate most of your budget towards buying the right speaker for your space that you want, and then just work up in electronics. If you have to buy some cheap integrated, hold it for a little bit until you can save up and, and, uh, and sell that and then use that money towards something higher end, even maybe it's still an integrated, um, I recommend going that route and slowly just take baby steps. It doesn't have to be at one time, but it's best that you get a proper speaker because the speaker is really what's going
0: to define a lot of the performance, especially in a bigger space. Right. Good advice. And, um, and thanks for that. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, that wraps up our take on, on where to go, where to start. Um, Hopefully we helped, um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people, uh, focused on this exact thing that Joe's going through and, uh, what did he call it? His indecision paralysis. Yeah. So hopefully we, we can help with some of that. Yeah. All right. It is time for the The album album of of the the week. week. This one's awesome. Um, I sent it to you because I'd been really digging it on that P3 system. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I, and I listened to it and over and over and over again. You, mm-hmm. you're like third time through and you're like, Oh yeah, this is repeating. I'll ah, just keep going. It's, <laughs> it's so good. Um, This whole, the sound of this is the kind of sound. I love that I call it purple sound. It's the deep, mm. you know, articulate, like, like, Deep. Uh, it's not warm. It's like articulate. It's just a lot going on down there. I love a lot of music in the mid-bass or a lot of feeling down there. And yeah. there's plenty with this. So this is now uh, by two guys, Bremer and McCoy. Uh, Morton McCoy is, is one guy. He's the pianist. And the other guy's name is Bremer. Can't really find quickly his name because they're kind of they're kind of coy about, about things. When you look at their, (laughs) their uh, bios there, there's, it's all just Jonathan Bremer. It's all just like, uh, when it works for me, it's pure meditation, pure prayer, pure gratitude for simply being without all kinds of jibber jabber filling my thoughts. That's how he describes this album, you know? And so, um, yeah, but it's Jonathan, uh, Bremer and Morton McCoy, uh, both guys from are Danish, I believe they're a Danish duo mm. met in, in high school. Um, actually kind of started playing some dub, uh, reggae or something, which is just so far from oh, what they're doing uh, now. So far from this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I was surprised. I was actually, I was making a tea
0: over there and you told me that and I was like, you what? almost didn't believe me. Yeah. I was like, are you pulling my leg or something? Yeah. So Morton McCoy plays piano and keys and, uh, Jonathan Brammer plays bass. And then they have some electronic elements or they have some, you know, production elements that kind of take Mm. things in different, not just in those two directions. But um, one thing I noticed in reading about this album was that they're big on first takes. So they play together. They actually insist on bringing their own sound system wherever they go. So they have their own sound system because they have their own sound. And that's very important to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Second mm. is that they create this, this environment where they have all these like layers and tools, but they do everything in the moment. So mm. they say that they record to analog tape everything that they do. They're analog recordists, right? Mm. So they record analog. And they love that. And so I don't know if I can find the the quote really quick, but they like that because it makes things important. And the only thing... Wow whatever happens happens and then it's to done get the record. Cause it, the record might be cut directly from the tape could be so good. Right. Yeah. You um,
1: know. what I, what I love about this, uh, album is the genre mixing that is going on mm. and how, how subtle it is, you know, um, you know, it's this like perfect blending between, um, you know, electronic ambient and jazz you know and yeah. i love how like ambient's being mixed with so many different genres you know like the most popular being neoclassical you know um right where, we, where we're seeing right a, a lot of artists emerge from that space uh of ambient and 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 classical uh this is kind of ambient and jazz and that's yeah.
0: really cool yeah yeah gosh and some other stuff and just the vibe of it was one of the things we were talking about how mm-hmm. so good and then we were talking about the melodic you know like superiority of these songs and how there's there's so much intention to the way that they're constructed melodically and um it's a it's a feel good album so feel good like it's, it's so good it's to it's work really to. feel good and it makes you feel really solid like it's yeah. just a warm
1: blanket like it doesn't put you asleep sleep no it like is energizing in like a, a
0: very um seductive way mm, yeah you guys are gonna love it bremer b-r-e-m-e-r mccoy m-c-c-o-y um and the album let's see what's the album called i don't even have it up here oh it's called natin which is danish for the night yeah and actually um apparently that's the the old inspiration from the album was um an album focused on the end of the day hmm. and it's just a theme album that's just killer what's our favorite tracks Uh, number five new og altid yeah i'm trying to i like that um aurora i thought was one of mine um april really five six and seven are such great it's a great trio of tracks but you like we said beginning to end the whole the whole dang thing is so good yeah i think i
1: um I, i think i used to listen to utopia
0: oh one of their another one of their albums yeah I sure think
1: back um i started when that was released that. i think I, I i went through a phase where i was listening to that i can see that but um but yeah th-
0: this they is... call this natin their most cosmic album ever i don't know what that means but that's what mccoy said yeah, it's a cool album cover <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome yeah. it's an awesome. i have to
1: search for this one on on vinyl this was this is going to be I out of my you. list the, the analog tape, you know, that's got me sold because I hope they... Yeah, I straight mean, to tape.
0: Yeah. One take. Uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. Crazy mm. guys. good uh It's a hi-fi hotspot there, so maybe they have good speakers. Never know. Very cool. Thanks <laughs> for sharing right. that one. Oh, yeah. That's I a mean, great one. Man. How did I stumble upon that? I think it was in the new releases of Cobas or something. And like always, I had some free time with nobody I could annoy... Too badly by just going through album after album of of terrible, <laughs> chaotically <like, laughs> trumpet jazz to find this beautiful stuff. So,
1: uh, thanks for putting that hard work in. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Somebody's got to do the it. yep. hard work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> especially on the P3s.
1: I just ordered the album. So it sounds yeah. like you. That's yeah. that's
0: a very you move. Finish ordering the album literally by the time we give our review <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Darren didn't buy the last one. So, all right. Um, with that, this has been another episode of the Hi-Fi Podcast. I'm uh, with Darren Duncan. I'm Duncan. I'm Darren. And thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next week. Have a good one.
1: Bye. The Hi-Fi Podcast with Darren and Duncan is produced by Darren Myers and Duncan
0: Taylor copyright 2020 of Slope Productions. The intro and outro music is provided by Denver's Color Red Studios and
1: features the song Bangs by the band Many Colors.